All right. Hello, and my name is John Michael Collins. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. Before we get started, the music you just heard is fun, it's upbeat, and in a way kind of depicts me. I would like to thank and give a very special shout out to my friends Marino and Noah Correa, who provided the music for this project. They're part of a company called Cinema Sonic, which is a company dedicated to providing quality audio and visual works for your next project. They're planning on opening a new studio in the Seattle area catering to professional-level podcast production. If you would like to learn more, visit their website at cinema-sonic.com. Cinema as in a movie cinema, hyphen, sonic as in supersonic.com. Alrighty, howdy, and hello. If you are just joining, this podcast is a personal and therapeutic tool I call a vocal diary. It's a space for me to process thoughts, explore stories, and just post them for anybody who might be interested, hopefully inspiring someone. I'm not doing this for social gain or to be a better human. You don't really have to listen to these in any chronological order. Episodes 1 and 2 talk about my backstory, where I came from, really how I got to where I am right now, which is in a tiny, tiny box in front of a microphone. And it's a little interesting because I played a farming simulator for the last seven hours. It's been a long work week, so got to get that farming done, you know. Get the seeds in the ground, harvest the crops, sell them, make money. Fortunately, my character didn't have to sleep at all. So the character that you're hearing right now is about to drink his second round of coffee for the day. Hmm. My max episode time is 20 minutes per episode other than episode one. Just a quick disclosure that going on tangents may or may not be involved. This show is conversationally true to how I speak. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. (laughs) Here we go. To when we linked canoes and had bottle rockets. (laughs) 2008. This says that I was 12. I think I was like, I... Was I really 12? There was no way that I was 12. I'm going to say 2010. So 14. That sounds a little, a little closer. My cousin and a bunch of her friends. My cousins and a bunch of her... It was my cousin or cousins and their friends. We, had, we got like eight canoes. There was a bunch of people. You know, having a good time floating down a river. I don't think we were linked the whole time. Regardless, really, really fun times. Iowa in general, but I don't remember a bunch about this other than there was a bunch of people. It was 4th of July in Iowa. There was a bunch of beer. I personally was not drinking. I don't think I had ever yet drank a can of beer. This is a a long time ago. There was a phase in my life where my friends and I, we partied every weekend. I was always looking forward to the weekend when I could drink. I think there's a difference between being an alcoholic and abusing alcohol. Because you can just drink alcohol casually. 
but then you can abuse that and drink it a lot more. Then you can actually be reliant on it. So anyway, a bunch of people in Iowa floating down a river on canoes with beer and bottle rockets because it was the 4th of July. I might have lost one of my shoes. Might I remind you that I, I had no beer. I drank no beer that day. I don't know who brought bottle rockets, but we had bottle rockets and we're just like shooting them in the middle of the day into the air. It was really cool because like we shot them into the water and you could hear them explode. Please forgive me for being a mindless human being as far as polluting. (laughs) We all pollute at some point in our lives. Just driving a car, we pollute. Yeah, I won't get into that because I'm just going to try to stay on topic. Keynote, keyword, try. So let's just move right along to our next. Let's just keep things going. Oh, okay, yeah, so a lesson with that. If you're going to float down a river with a bunch of friends and canoes and bottle rockets and beer, make sure at least one person is sober. Fortunately, that day I was. On a positive note, it's good to have a lot of friends. Not necessarily just a lot of friends. Really, really good friends. Loved people in your life that you know well. I lost myself at bottle rockets and canoes. So anyway, next topic. To when I had awesome experiences with a jet ski. I'm going to say 2010. Oh. Okay. So I was 15 in that last topic. This isn't just 2010. My aunt and uncle, oftentimes during the summers in Iowa, we would go boating on the Mississippi River. They have a boat and they have a jet ski. It was really an awesome time because we would just get together and we would go out to the Mississippi River. There were a lot of people in that community in Makokota that would also go to the river in general, going on a hot summer day to a giant river to play in the water with a jet ski is one of the coolest things. I mean, there are a lot of things that I would claim in my life as the coolest things, but riding a jet ski is awesome because you're like, you're driving on water. And sometimes there's no wind at all and the water just looks like a sheet of glass and it's sunny out and you're hot but then you can get up to like 40 or 60 miles an hour on a jet ski with a speedometer that doesn't work. So you're just kind of gauging how fast you're going. (laughs) And the only way to know how much gas you have is to physically look in your gas tank because the electronic display doesn't work at all. It has to have been like five years now since I've gone out to do that, and I want to do that again soon. It's also a lot of fun when you're with your family Being alone is one thing, but being with other people, especially people you love, it's really, really great. This jet ski, you could have three, maybe even four people on it, which that's that's pushing it a lot. There are stand-up jet skis, and then there are jet skis that are can even fit two people or three people or even four people. 
if you haven't ridden a jet ski. Okay, let's back up. A jet ski is a watercraft. It's like a car that can fit four people sitting back to back. It's not like a car, it's like a motorcycle. The handles, the handlebars, or a bicycle, whatever. There's the driver, everybody's sitting down, but you can drive it on the water. It's designed in such a way that it literally skis through the water. It moves forward by water propulsion. There's water that comes into the system and it's shot out the back to just propel you forward. And it can go pretty fast. And depending upon the skill level of the driver, I'd like to say that I'm a very good jet ski driver. If you have a jet ski and you need a driver, yeah, let's go. But depending upon the skill level of the driver, they can do these tricks where if you're following a boat, you can like ride the wake that the boat is making in such a way that it's like a jump. It's like a ramp that you ramp off of it. Or if you're going a reasonable speed with someone on, then all of a sudden we turn the handlebar hard to the left or hard to the right and just the back gets whipped around and whoever's on it like flies off. And most, a lot of times everybody flies off. The driver has a key strapped onto their wrist so that if the driver happens to fly off, <laughs> which happens sometimes, the key that's attached to your wrist will come off with you and that will kill all the power on the jet ski, meaning the jet ski will stop moving. You can imagine, like, if that weren't the case, then the jet ski would just be like ghost riding. Nobody would be on it. You wouldn't be able to swim fast enough to get it. If you're going to go jet skiing, take people with you because it's fun. Next topic, to when I had body injuries. I feel like these are getting harder and harder to talk about. They're more challenging. It's a good challenge. There's not one body injury that I was thinking about when I wrote this. Because <laughs> I get injuries a lot. I currently am an airplane mechanic at Boeing and... I crawl inside of the wings, and sometimes you bump your head. Sometimes you hit yourself in the wrist with a wrench. Sometimes you accidentally scrape your shin. <laughs> sometimes stuff even just happens and you don't realize it. But I have a good number of injuries from, like, childhood, like concussions. One time when I was really little in Iowa, my cousin was chasing me, and I ran into a piece of farm equipment that hit me right on my forehead, and I passed out. A few years later, I was running on a jungle gym that didn't have any safety rails, and I accidentally fell off and passed out, got a concussion. That time I went skydiving. Hmm, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I had a concussion there, just didn't realize it, and like those other injuries that happened. One time in elementary school, I was running on a jungle gym, and I tripped, and I think I landed on my face, and I hit my nose, so I have this little tiny bump on my nose. I'm pretty sure it's from that. You can try to be super safe in your everyday, but honestly, something bad could happen, and just try to be as safe as you can. You can't 100% protect yourself unless you put yourself inside of a bubble. It's okay to take risks. Sometimes the consequence of taking a risk is getting hurt. Not only physically, but like that's an emotional thing. If you go out taking a risk on someone, 
kind of giving your heart to that person, you're risking yourself getting hurt. And I mean, you also have to question, would I rather have not tried taking that risk in the first place? Or am I glad that I took the risk because I learned from it, whether or not the result was good or bad? That can be applied to so many things in life. Take a risk on investing your money. Take a risk on loving somebody, doing something crazy, jumping out of a plane. What could possibly go wrong? Something you say to someone. You can take a risk on a lot of things. Taking a risk isn't bad. You just have to think of what's at stake. So with that, we'll go to our next thing. To when hospital visits were few in between. Somewhat similar to the last topic. Wow, my first hospital visit when I was born, when I came into this world. <laughs> I was in my mom's stomach, and then together we visited the hospital. That, that was a visit. I was visiting <laughs> from my mom's stomach. First or second grade, maybe, when I had one of those concussions. Like, I did have to go to the hospital. And there were just a bunch of get-well-soon cards from, like, classmates and friends and teachers and family. I'm grateful that I haven't had to go through that recently. And I pray that I don't have to in the near future or far future. If you know somebody who's in the hospital, just make sure to love them and be thankful for them. Because each moment is precious. You don't know how many you have. I don't know how many I have. Which leads to being grateful for every second that you have to be alive. Like I've even visited hospitals. I wasn't the one that was hurt. Other people that I knew, family members that were there. Or witnessing tiny, like newborn babies coming into the world. I witnessed that once. It was pretty sweet when my niece, I wasn't there as she was entering the world. I got there like a few hours later, within like 10 hours. Because I was living in Iowa and she was in Colorado. So yeah, hospitals aren't necessarily bad places. They are safe places. Yeah. And I'm grateful for people who work at those hospitals. You know who you are. I have a handful of family members and handful of friends who are in the medical field, and I'm thankful that they're there because they are contributors to making sure that people like me are able to recover from maybe taking a bad risk or just something that happened that was out of your control. I'm grateful for each one of you. And like to my dad and my uncle who have spent over a dozen years, even my grandfather, just them serving for that long, helping other people, caring for other people, caring for other people's lives, being as skilled as they are and as dedicated to their studies, just taking care of people. We could all learn something about that. I'm not saying everybody has to work at a hospital, but we could all do our part to take care of our neighbor, to love thy neighbor. Twin improvised Halloween costumes were a last resort. When I wrote this one, this costume that I had in mind wasn't necessarily a last resort. One year, my mom, geez, I don't know how many Halloween costumes she made us, my sisters and I, and maybe even other people, but one year I was Harry Potter, one year she made me a snowman costume, 
So those weren't necessarily improvised. Those were like the first things I thought about. But like there have been Halloween seasons, I suppose, where I'm like, I don't know what to wear. So I think last Halloween I was a man in black. Like I wore all black, like black shoes, black pants, black shirt, maybe even a black hat. (laughs) Yeah, I think the year before that was Farmer John. I think I wore some boots. Wore a pair of jeans, blue jeans, wore a uh, red lumberjack flannel. There we go. A red checkered flannel that I love that I found in my aunt and uncle's basement, which is completely irrelevant, but I love it. Sometimes you can find things and they're great. I found this coat along with it, but then I sadly lost the coat. I think it got stolen. Anyway, Halloween costumes. I have a John Deere hat, which was like, Farmer John! Whenever I'm editing genuinely quirky things, that's my production hat. (laughs) One last Halloween costume that I can think of off the top of my head. In college, there was a little more thought put into this one, like not necessarily last minute. I love the Christmas TV show, not TV show, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and the Island of Misfit Toys. It's an hour and 16 minutes long. It's a comedy musical slash musical. Okay. There's a character named Hermie the Elf. Hermie? Hermie? Yeah, Hermie the Elf. With, like, this blonde hair that, like, swoops. It's like one wave. Kind of looks like ice cream, like my hair sometimes. And a blue hat. So one year, I made that costume for Halloween. It was a lot of fun. I like Hermie the Elf because he wanted to be a dentist. I only ever wanted to be a dentist once because I thought John Collins' DDS sounded cool. (laughs) In this case, John Michael Collins' DDS. I thought that sounded cool. But no, I don't want to be a dentist. One, that's a lot more more school that I would have to go through. And I just don't want to go to school. (laughs) I don't want to wake up. I first hand don't want to wake up, and then I don't want to go to school. I want to sleep. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Sometimes if it's Halloween time and you don't know what to wear, just evaluate the things that you have and what you can put together. And then there. Last year when I was a man in black, I was like, okay. That was the first thing that came to my mind. Which I guess you could also think of it as like, evaluate your life, the things that are in your life, and then what can you do right now? You know? You know? I really want to thank you from the deepest part of my heart for tuning into this episode. Please feel free to share this with your family and friends and anyone and everyone you know. And also, if you don't mind, head over to my website, which acts as my creative portfolio, johnmichaelcollins.com. Some days you just want to give up on what you're trying to achieve, you know? But don't. Thanks for listening.